Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. A star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. everyone. Um, I'm really excited today. I don't know why I'm in a really weird mood. Well, actually, you know, I think it might be. I've been doing the Fitbit sleep score and I got an 84. So that might be why, because I've been getting really shitty sleep scores and I can hear myself talking and the nasality of my nose today. It's bad. And that's, uh, that's why we have Erica Rhodes here today to talk about. No, I'm kidding. I'm so excited. Erica Rhodes is here. Erica has, I'm sure if you're a comedy fan, you know, Erica, because she has specials on networks. Um, the re- most recent one is on Amazon prime. It- it's called La Vie en Rhodes. La Vie en <laughs> and as you know, I'm French. So, but uh, Erica, welcome to the podcast. You know, I am very thrilled to have you here. I don't I don't have a lot of, and I consider you a younger person. I find some people do not have a story. I mean, they do have a story. Everyone has a story, but I'm just saying, I do, I do a lot of research and I, your life is fascinating. Fascinating. So I'm thrilled to have you here. I don't know if you've ever heard the podcast or know anything about it, but I do a lot of research. Sounds like it. Oh, yeah. Your homework. Some people don't do their homework. They just get up. Oh, please. You know what? You know why I do this? First of all, this is a labor of love because I make zero dollars. No, I um, this is a labor of love. And I have been doing this for so long, you know, in the business. The feeling when you're being interviewed. And they haven't done their homework. It's so it's humiliating, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. Don't ask me how I started doing stand-up. Just don't ask me that. Who I think is funny. What the, it's just lazy. These are the other questions. When they when when they ask you like, what can people expect from your show? I don't know. I'm gonna take a shit on the fucking stage, and they're gonna clean it up. Like it's so annoying. D- d- don't you get that in in your interview? Yeah, those are those are the three questions you get the most. Well, and how it's do like, you start. Who do you think's funny? And what, what are your jokes? Right. What can you expect? Because what can people expect? Cause I don't want to do my job. So right. <laughs> it's, and it's really bad when you do radio, when you go to a radio oh, station they and they're like, who you are. Yeah. And they, and they have, like they have a sheet and um, it's like, you know, they didn't look at the fucking sheet or do any of their pre, you know, their preparation for whatever. Anyway, Erica Rhodes um, is, a fascinating human being. She is the sister of Hillary and the (laughs) daughter of Dean and Christina. um, Wow. And her grandfather was a Jew. Good night, everybody. Take care. (laughs) Dean Rosen. What was his name? Rosenbaum? I do my research. I do what research really, really a lot. That's impressive. Um, yeah, my dad's dad. Dad, was, yeah. Was, was a Bloom. Rosen Bloom, yes. So my last name would have been Rosen Bloom. But the grandfather said, listen, you know, they don't love the Jews. Uh, let me change it to Rhodes. No one will know. And I'll marry a goy. And that's it. So he was, um, a, he was a pot and pan sales guy. He yeah. was trying to sell pot, pot, pots and pans. And he took, he was like, you know, I'm not doing a very good job selling it. So then he changed his name to Rhodes. And, and he dad, still sucked. Yeah. My dad was like, I think he was just a bad sales guy. That's so funny. <laughs> I heard you, I read that in an article. We were like, I think he was just a bad salesman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It had nothing to do with his last name. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really cool people that come out of Newton, Massachusetts. That 
it's that town. I mean, I know people in my personal life from there, but it's like, it really, is it the school system? I mean, look at the people. Outlier, you know, did you ever read that book outliers by Mm -hmm. Gladwell? It's like one of those weird pockets where, it's just a lot of funny people live there. I know. It's incredible. You are the daughter. I, you know, first of all, I have to say, I find your mother fascinating. Your mother, well, and your father. So your father was a clarinetist and he, um, God rest his soul, uh, and he had MS and he had to give up the clarinet, which was also my instrument uh, in college. Oh. But I'm sure it wasn't nearly. Um, but he had to give it up and became a CPA because of the MS. And your mother and her two sisters are all professional violinists. Like, that's fucking amazing. I'm just fascinated by how much research you did. <laughs> that's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. You know why? Because I I believe everyone has a story. And... I want to hear it. Like, I want to interview some, I want to know all about them. You know, it's, I don't know. It's just my curiosity, but um, can I just read something while you're here? This is like, I can't even. All right. Ready? Yeah. Like the, all right. Let me just say something. Your mother has a BA summa cum laude from Connecticut college, uh, a master's in music from new England conservatory and a JD cum laude from New England School of Law. What the fuck? What is your mother? And she got into Harvard Law School and turned them down. Why? I love her. She wanted to do violin instead. Okay. I just want to say, like, this is genes. These are, these are, and, and, and I have, and I, you know, I'm a music person and I know you're a music person too, but it's, the, the the intersection of music and stand up is so incredible. And I, I, I was listening to when you were talking about your new special where they were in the cars <laughs> and I try to explain, I try to explain this in a lot of interviews I have that it, it is a rhythm. Every audience has a different rhythm and it, and they sort of decide when you're going to start your next joke if you're going to do a tagline, you know, and in that situation, it's so, I did a drive-in too. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And I hadn't done any like leading up to it. I know a lot of people did them after that, but we were sort of the first people to do them. And then I I didn't get any practice or anything. Uh, you, it was great. So don't fucking worry about it. Um, okay. So your mom, um, grew up in Minnesota Yes. Um, and I, yes, so their grandfather uh, used to play piano for silent films, you know, when wow, they used to yes. pianist. And he and so I think he taught them uh, violin, all of them, all the all kids. three of them. And they so all and, they, and he she has this uh, brother, too. So he also plays violin. I love that family. I love that. So you grew up in sort of utopia-ish, don't you think? Newton? Yeah. In some ways. I mean, I would say it's a pretty competitive place to grow up as a kid, you know? So if you're not really striving for excellence in academia, then you're kind of in trouble. Your mother was a, or still is, a grammar mental patient, as am I. I can't. I was going to say, is that how you pronounce academia? Yes. No, that was right. You were right. But (laughs) I mean, I hate it too. And you said you're, you've gotten to that point now where you can't. My ear is like, ow, ouch, you know, it's so weird. And I'm like, really? You know, I did good. Uh, I feel good. I don't know. I just, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't know what. Do you want to, do you want to do my sister and I's podcast? Uh, Oh God, I can't. Why are we? Why are we making I a possessive? Eyes, <laughs> eyes. There, my is a word for a reason, right? <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, so you have the sister. You're, and I know that you're a trained ballerina, and uh, you play cello. Yeah, I don't okay. do ballet anymore, but I right. when I was a kid, I did. Yeah. So, how old were you when your father had to? 
give up his dream of the clarinet? Or were you not born yet? I think I was barely born. I think it might have been right before I was born that he figured it out that he had MS. So you're, do you ever remember him well? Or were there years where um, he was okay? Yeah, I mean, when I was very young, I remember him walking. And then he was on crutches when I was maybe like nine or ten. And I remember because he used to like joke jokingly like balance on my head. Right. That was the exact right, you know, height for him to balance on it. So he would use my head as a balancing, you know. And he was funny. You, you Oh, he um, was very funny. Yeah. So very, you, very funny. So you basically get your smarts and timing from your mother and your humor from your father. Yeah. And my mom's like a funny character, but she's right. not funny on purpose. She's just sort of funny by accident. Right. So I'm curious to know, I mean, it's so hard to see your father, your, you know, your parent, not, you know, as able-bodied as your friend. I mean, how do you think that affected you? The having a um, I think it made me very sensitive because I used to be very worried about him from a very young age. So I remember when I was in kindergarten, we had to keep a journal and I used to start every journal with, I wish my dad didn't have MS. Oh, it was every day. <laughs> and, right. and then later I was like, no wonder I was the you know teacher's pet. She felt so bad for right. me. Did so. you, do, you, do you think your sister had the same sort of... I think my sister had a bit more of a, um, I think she had a different coping mechanism where I think she was able to shut things out more. Right. So, you know, I, I would go in with my parents and my sister would kind of shut down and go right. into her room and do her own thing. So I think a lot of her coping mechanisms went internal and right. mine went external. So you can um, stand on your head longer than any other person. Now you're just showing off, okay? No, I, I, <laughs> you just have these details. So you have a flat head. You have a flat head. <laughs> you're right? the only one who's done that kind of research. <laughs> that, is, that is in one article ever. I know, I, I know. Yeah, that is impressive. Thank you. I, I took gymnastics when I was little, and I was not good at that. That right. was not. I hate. Can I just say something? When yeah. I was growing up, I mean, I'm gigantic, but. All that, I don't know if they did it in the Newton public schools, but because you're younger than I am, but it was like that presidential fitness test and you had to do all this shit that I couldn't fucking do. And I fucking hated gymnastics. I'm too big and I'm uncoordinated. I hated it. You had to do that? Like that was- Yeah, they had the presidential um, fitness test. They also measured and weighed you in front of the entire school in the fucking gym, which was also- very oh yeah yeah it was bad so you took gymnastics and you yeah and i was scared of everything i was scared to like you know i wasn't good at cartwheels and flips and things like that but then we had this competition where we had to stand on our head and that day i was like a star because i just stood on my head so long and i won a pack of gum and oh then I like, that's okay, I great think, i think i can retire now <laughs> From you want a pack of gum? Yeah, I want a Hilarious. pack of gum. Oh, that is crazy. <laughs> um, so as a kid, before you get this gig with Garrison Keeler, is everything just normal? Do you feel like you have like a, an exceptional family because your mother is like, what the fuck? And your <laughs> and your father, like, do you, is it like reading about your parents is like, that's like a, in, if, where I grew up, I'd be like, wow, they're so like, she, he's a clarinetist and she, you know, like she's a violinist and, and, and lawyer. And, you know, were you exceptional? Um, I think I did feel a little pressure to do something really well. Right. And uh, so I, you know, I, I was sort of a natural performer because my mom, Notice that I would just um, perform wherever I was. Like I was very outgoing with strangers. Right. But then I was I was very shy at the same time. So right. I had this weird sort of, you know, conflicting personality. And but she got me an agent when I was like five. That is so weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. 
And she was like, this kid is, you know, this kid's got something. Um, Her friends kept telling her like, man, you got to get her into acting. She looks like, you know, Drew Barrymore because it was around that time, you know. Right, E.T. And I was around that age. And so um, I think she, a lot of people told her that before she decided to do that. Right. And so were you the only kid in your school with an agent? Probably. I don't really remember doing that many auditions, but I do remember uh, modeling a waterbed. And I thought, man, if this is show business, count me in. Oh my God. It's hilarious. (laughs) It was amazing. You know, I just pretended to sleep for a couple hours. And they took photos and you got paid. Yeah. You know I love my liquid IV, that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son, Ben, who plays basketball, his team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the, uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends for going wild have a game plan for monday with liquid iv grab your liquid iv hydration multiplier sugar free in bulk nationwide at costco or get 20 percent off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code judy gold j-u-d-y-g-o-l-d at checkout that's 20 percent off your first order when you shop superior hydration today using promo code judy gold j-u-d-y-g-o-l-d at liquidiv.com. You're welcome. You talk about your family. I lo- I read this thing <laughs> that your family was so crazy that when someone would ring the doorbell, you would all it, like a neighbor would come over, you'd yell normal, normal, like, like, yeah, okay, I everyone mean, be normal now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were just eccentric. I don't remember exactly what we'd be doing, but we were all a little bit weird. So we just had this saying where we'd be like, normal, normal, like people are coming over. You know? Right. And it's so weird that you knew you were weird. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and we're okay with it. And we're like, okay, we know how to be normal too. But in this safe, we have like the safe space where we can just be, you know. We didn't have like, yeah, because I don't, I wouldn't say we had a traditional family thing. Like we didn't have like family dinners. It was always right. sort of each man for himself. It was really. Like, yeah, it was like eat when you want, eat what you want. There weren't a lot of rules. We didn't have a bedtime. We didn't really have to do anything, you know. Yeah, so it was like- that is mental. I I would yeah. think, you know, I think of musicians especially as so disciplined and, you know, cuz you have to practice and pra- you know, and it's but really you had no dent you didn't have like like I grew up where it was every night 6 p.m. we all sat down for dinner and we're miserable for half an hour. And then we all went and did our own shit, but you like, there was no structure whatsoever. Not a lot of structure because my mom would work at night. So she, you know, right. She was in the symphony. 
And then she would come home and I remember it would be this like excitement, like, oh, mom's back. And then it would be like 10 p.m. and we'd all be snacking and hanging Oh, I out. love that. That's, yeah. I, I've said this before on the podcast that when my kids were little and my ex was like, you know, every time you come home and they wake up and and Joan Rivers, God rest her soul, I love you, Joan, uh, said, you know, it doesn't matter what time you spend time with them. It matters that you spend time with them. That's true. I remember waking up one day, um, like in the middle of the night and it was, there was a huge pink Panther in my bed and she had gone ski balling with all of her musician friends and two of those gigantic pink Panthers and put them in my sister and. Oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have a hard time getting up for school in the morning or anything or. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having weird things in the morning where I would wake up, shower, and then go back to sleep for an hour, which now is probably why I'm not a morning person. So, all right. You're 10 years old. Um, Your mom asks Garrison Keillor from Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. Prairie Home. Um, She asks him to do a benefit for their orchestra because they come from the same hometown in Minnesota and he does this benefit. He says, yes. Mm -hmm. And you're out to dinner or something. You're at a restaurant and, and he hears you speak, which is one of your, you know, very original, incredible characteristics that will get you work, even though it's your voice. Um, (laughs) And and he says, will you do Prairie Home Companion? Is that, is, is that how it happened? Plus your mother said, oh my God, my sister is perfect for you. And he ends up marrying your aunt. Is, is yeah. this correct? Okay. That's you. all true. Yeah. It happened a, over sort of a gradual time period, but the next day that after I met him, he asked me to do the show. So I was doing it at like age 10. Age 10, you're doing this huge fucking show and you're playing his conscience, right? Yeah. And I love the way you talk about how, because this is so true, how you didn't care because you didn't know, you know? Yes. I'm still trying to get back to that point of like just that effortless being funny without trying to be funny. Right. Erica, I'm going to tell you right now, um, and because I really have this down that I really want to talk about every decade of life, because I have always done bits about what happens in your twenties, what happens in your thirties, what happens to you. It's going to come back, but it's going to come back in about 20 years. And you're going to be like, I don't fucking give a shit, but it doesn't matter. You know, I want it to come sooner than that though. Maybe it will. I mean, you're not me. I mean, I hit 50 and I was just like, Ugh, fuck you. You know, like you just don't care anymore. So you're forward to that. <laughs> uh, so you're ten, and do you have any idea that this is like like this cult? No, I had no clue what it was. I was right. I was into ballet. That's all I cared about was ballet, right. everything. And you know, I wasn't really I wasn't scared of live audiences, so I don't remember feeling nervous or anything. I just remember they had to give me this box to stand on because the microphone was too high for me. Right. I never had to do that. Even at my bat mitzvah. Let me tell you something. Every kid at their bar and bat mitzvah had to stand on a thing on the Bema. And this is the Jew bell, by the way. What Um, is that? It's the Jew bell. Oh, oh, like you're being Jewish. No, like anything. (laughs) If we talk about anything remotely Jewish, they get a ring. Okay. So I'm standing on the Bema like your father. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm standing on the Bema and I'm taller than the rabbi. I was like, yeah. So you had to stand on the box and just do this thing. And then what happened afterwards? Was your, were your parents there? Like, was it like, were no, you my popular aunt, my aunt was there because yeah. he was, he was dating my aunt. So she right. with me. And, um, and then I met Alice and Janney too, cause she, oh, was- and Meryl Streep, wait, Alice and Janney, yeah, Meryl Streep on. and Martin Sheen. So, yeah, what so that's, but the first, yeah, the first show was Alice and Janney and, you know, kids don't know, well, she wasn't famous yet, but kids right. also don't know who anyone is, but I right. got a very good vibe from her as a kid. I, I thought she was really cool. Oh, she is the coolest. Yeah. I thought and she that was the best. When you met Meryl Streep, did you know? Oh my God, this is Meryl Streep. Yeah, because I was in my 20s by then. Okay. 
can we, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not even there yet on my list of things oh, we're talking, yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, talking about. Okay. What the fuck? Like what I, I met her once when I did Shakespeare in the park and it's like, and she's tiny, she's fucking tiny. Yeah. Um, and just exactly what you would think. Right. She was really nice. She was very nervous because she wasn't really used to live radio. Right. You know, and you don't get to do a second take or anything. Right. And Garrison edits on the fly. So he edits like an hour before the show and then he edits during the show. Right. So she was freaking out because he had made all these cuts and edits and she's like, I don't know what to do. He's editing everything. Isn't <laughs> it funny? Isn't it funny how, you know, because we're comics. We yeah. do that in our head the entire time we're on stage. You know, you're standing there. You're like, oh, this they didn't get that. So they're yeah, not going to get yeah. this. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, you don't deserve this next joke. So I'm not even fucking telling, you know, like, I don't want to tell you this joke. I, I can't, I don't know what it is, but it's funny that these, these like mega stars, that is the scariest thing for them. Not having a script. Yeah. She really wanted to, you know, be very prepared. Right. She, yeah. But she, and she was just a little nervous, but really sweet. She was. Very, oh my God. And what about Martin Sheen? Really nice. Yeah, I did it. I did it twice with Martin Sheen. So I, you know, talked to him a little more than Meryl Streep. I can't believe your fucking life. All right. So anyway, you're doing, uh, whatchamacall. Oh, and Garrison came to see you in the Nutcracker. I read. Yeah. That was when he met me. Right. Mm. Yeah, for the first As time. a ballerina. Now you also, I read, went to music camp in Maine. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. With a rabbi. Thank you. Um, what was the name? I went to music camp too. What was the name of your music camp? It was called New England Music Camp. Oh, and did you enjoy it? I loved it. And I you wanted were- to go to water camp that, that year. I had decided I'm going to water camp. And my mom humored me and she said, okay, let's talk about water camp. And she even had the guy come over and talk about water camp. And then afterwards, my mom said, but honey, can you swim? <laughs> and I was like, not really. But I, you know, I want to just go. I pictured it like water slides. I thought right. there was a bunch of water slides and you were right. just playing in water all day. So I didn't realize like water camp meant swimming. Do you and think then, she planned that whole fucking thing out? Probably. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. And then she said, what about music camp? So I went to music camp. And you you did cello and yeah. did you like music camp? I loved oh, it. Oh yeah, we already discussed that. You loved I, it. I fell How many- in love the first time in music camp. Really? Yeah, with a French flautist. No. His, his name was Alexis Llewellyn oh, and he was God. bipolar and he was very emo, you know, like Oh yeah. my god, that's so perfect angsty. He like swore like nonstop. And he was like, you know, I was madly in love with him. Was he French? Was he from France? Yeah, he was from from France. And did, um, did you guys make out or anything? We kissed, but I was like too scared to do anything else. Like we kissed and then I went back to the cabin and they were like, was it a French kiss? You know, (laughs) (laughs) we were 15 and I was like, well, he's French. Yeah. You fucking asshole. (laughs) Wait. So was he a good flutist? Yeah, he was loudest. Yeah, he was a good flautist and he was um, my music teacher said you don't play the flout, so you have to you play the flute. That's what my music teacher said. But some people say I heard my mom say both, so maybe both is acceptable. Okay. So um he was really good. Yeah. I mean have you looked him up since? Have you looked I him haven't, up? I haven't, but I afterwards I wrote him letters for like a year and I never heard back from him. Fuck him. I know. Fuck that fucking French fuck. And then I heard that he threw the flute out the window. In no like, way. You know, a moment of rage. Yeah. Oh, I hate him. He can go fuck yeah. himself. But I was um, in love, man. So that was your first big. Love you know, affair? Yeah, love affair. <laughs> Which you, you talk about how you're not good with, you, you tend to get very attached very okay well just to the wrong people yeah Yeah. okay so this gig with garrison how how often is it does it It wasn't wasn't like every week i wasn't a regular on it so it was sort of whenever he decided right Um, so i think when i was 10 i did it a bunch of times and then you know a couple years might have gone by then i did it a few more times and um, so it was sort of random. Did you fly to Minnesota to do it? 
it was all over the country. So I think I did it in, you know, Tang- at Tanglewood and right. a couple times. And then, um, yeah, I did Minnesota. We, we once did a tour. So we did like, you know, Southern tour. That's so fun. Did your parent, who came with you? Your uh, aunt? My aunt. Yeah. Wow. That's fun. Yeah. And then, um, was your sister jealous? Um, I don't really think so. She was sort of on her own path, you know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. All right. Very healthy emotionally. Okay. <laughs> so, um, were you like number one in your class in high school? No, no, I was, um, I was a bit of a rebel. Really? Yeah. And not, your mother- not in a typical way, in a right. way that I just folk, I just wanted to focus on what I liked and I didn't see the point of anything else. Uh, I yeah, I feel the same way. I now, I still feel the same way. Now that I'm older, I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do anything I don't want to do. You yeah, know what I mean? Same, same. It's just like, no, I'm not here for that long, and I don't fucking exactly. want to waste my time. Exactly. That's, and I have ADHD, right? I and, think I do too, actually. That's why oh. the way the way your brain is working, I'm like, oh, this is like good. yes, this, this is how my brain works. Otherwise, I get really bored. I, I get, get pissed low. off. Yeah, like if I have planned everything out, right? Like, okay, I'm going, I'm I'm going on a hike, or, or I'm just making this up, okay? And I get, uh, I need my headphones, I need my water, blah blah, blah and I get all my shit together. And then I, and I'm like, okay, I'm really focusing. I got everything together. And then I get in the car and I'm like, where the fuck is my phone? Like I can't. I am like, the same way. But oh I my God. And I can't. But I get so mad. Like, oh my God, you worked so hard to get this all together. And now you fucked up. Like, this is what goes on in my head. It's horrible. I know. And, and I always think, man, why are these basic tasks so easy for, seem so easy for other people? Right. Like, just getting, I, I had the same thing yesterday because I was try, actually trying to go on a hike. Right. And I, was like, I can't find socks. I right. can't find socks and a mask. Now you want me to find socks, a mask, right. and my headphones, and my fanny pack. Right. <laughs> I'm just going around and circles. It's just awful. Apartment, like trying to find everything. What about when you think you're done? And then it's like, nope, sorry, you still got a blank. And you're like, no, I thought I was done. I have the same. Yeah. Every day I have that. Yeah. Okay. You might have ADHD. I Welcome to the well, club. And well, I have been diagnosed with it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's so, I get mad. I really wish I didn't get mad. But I'm. it's like, as I get older, I'm just like, it's, it's really, I just don't want this anymore. You, you know what I mean? something for it or do you just, you I know? do. Yeah. Well, I do my, I do my, um, I do my like meditation and play the piano, whatever, and all my st- exercises. And then I have Ritalin, mm-hmm. you know, um, whatchamacallit, the release, what the fuck is it called? You know, um, when it comes out in bits and pieces, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extended release. Um, yeah. So I'll take that, especially like when I'm writing or, you know, when I have tasks. Yeah. I don't want to take it. You know what I mean? No, that's, yeah, that's my problem. I don't like taking things. Right. But, you know, then I, sometimes I'm just like, you know, I give up. Hey everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto. I just did Chef's Choice. 60 or more add ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. 
and they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So you went to the Boston University of Fine Arts for a year, um, and then you went, and that you so you dropped out. Were your parents like "fuck shit, ass, cock, vagina"? Uh, probably, yeah. They didn't say it in those words, but right. they were probably thinking it. Um, my they sat me down, and my dad was actually really cool about it. And he's like, I, "We thought about it, and we realized that you know sometimes the bird needs to fly from the nest." And oh my god, I love Dean. Yeah, he was cool. And yeah. <laughs> but um but so but the thing is I met a guy and I fell in love with him and he was in New York. And so, so I Oh, do you think that was really what it was? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think so, it was a combination because I was failing music theory. I love music so, theory. Yeah. You do? Yes, I don't know why. I love music theory and music I history. I could not do it. Yeah, I it's, hard. I, it's hard. I learned everything by ear, so mm-hmm. music he was like, I can't wrap my mind around it. It's right. Like, it's like math, you know? Right. So I was failing that and I had a scholarship. So I was going to lose my scholarship um, because I was failing music theory. So you, they sat you down and. So they sat me down and they said they were okay with my decision. And, but do you think uh, your mother really was okay with it? Probably not. Okay. Yeah, probably not. Um, but they also knew at that point that they just couldn't tell me what to do because you know, they had tried. For right. Years. I just did whatever I wanted. Do you think your father was more forgiving or understanding because of his MS? Um, I don't know, because in some t- at moments in my life, he was a lot more strict about, um, about academic stuff. Right. My mom was more lenient. Right. They sort of ping pong back and forth. Right. So you then go, you move to New York um, and you go to the Atlantic Theater Conservatory. Yes. Um, After a year of, I had a year actually where I just played my cello all year. Where'd and, you play? Well, I took lessons from, from a, just a private teacher and um, he was like an excellent teacher. And right. So I just would go to his house and learn and then, um, and you know, that was it. Did you work? I don't know what I did. I would have a job and then I'd get fired. You know, like I waitressed a couple times. Oh my God, that's funny. Fired every and all time. you were, so you're like 19 years old at this point? Or, yeah. And, and you're just going to cello. It's like you're a Torah scholar. It's like the people on Schdissel that sit in the fucking, you know, studying the Torah all day long. So you're, you're playing. Living, the- yeah, I was living in this brownstone apartment with two roommates who were in their 30s and they were from Austria and I thought they oh. were so cool and then I was around the corner from my boyfriend's apartment and I would just go see him every night but he was working during the day at a um at a and a recording studio how old was your boyfriend he was 24 20 yeah 24 where where did you meet him i met him ushering at symphony hall because um, it was like my first job right. and I was a, you know, cello major and he was a guitar major at Berkeley. Right. So we just hit it off and f- I fell in love with him. Okay. And are your parents visiting you? Like, 
you know, Erica, what is going on here? You're playing the cello. You can't keep a job. Who are these two women you're living with? And uh, what's with this guy? He's too old for you. Was it any of that? I don't remember any of that. I just remember, well, Erica's going to go to New York now. And I just, I don't know. I love that free spirit. Okay. How did you get into the Atlantic Theater Conservatory? So that, so I took some acting classes privately or not privately at a smaller uh, school. And then I auditioned for Atlantic Theater Conservatory and I don't know how competitive it really was. Right. I got in to that. What are your Dear Diary scripts that I love so much? Oh, that was on, on Prairie Home Companion. And I, he started having me write stuff for myself. Right. He started with writing them for me. And then he started having me write just little bits about my life or my dating life. Right. And that you say that that is what sort of trained you to be a comedian. I think so. Cause it was autobiographical, you know, personal and it it wasn't really trying to like be jokes exactly, but with me standing at a mic. You know, I know, but I love that. So, yeah, so you have the Dear Diary scripts where you feel, you know, free. You're playing the cello and then you go to and you're taking acting classes. You, you said that you after the cello and the ballet that you needed a performance outlet. And that's when did you exactly start doing stand up? Were you way later? So it took me a while to start to and to figure it out that that was what you were yeah, the first time somebody t- actually said you should do stand up was at my sister's wedding because I gave a speech for her wedding that I right. thought was very sincere and genuine and real. And it people were laughing hysterically. And you were I, shocked? I was totally shocked. I thought it was like the most sincere, you know. Well, that's funny. Only the truth is funny. I mean. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were laughing so hard. And what did you what did you say? And do you like her husband? Do you like her husband? I love her husband. What does he do? He's a stand. He's a bass player. Um, um, Oh, a stand up bass player. I don't know why I said I don't know why I said stand up bass player. Um, But wait, he's a. So she went with a musician. I love this family. Did he your father him like him? My mom, because he was playing in the pops. And wow. So, and the Boston pops. Your mom is fucking incredible. Um, yeah. So did your father like him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That's he, good. He called my dad and asked for his permission. And my dad was like, it's not the 1800s, George. <laughs> <laughs> I love he that. Liked he liked that. Yeah. How long is the conservatory portion? And who were these women from Austria? And are they, where were their, who are they and where were their grandparents during the Holocaust? That's what I want to know. Okay. (laughs) They were teachers, but I don't really remember much more beyond that. I just thought they were so cool because they were like, you know, they were older, they were doing their own thing. And I just. Did they talk like this? Yeah. Did they they have accents and they were like really sexy and like dressed really well and went out right. every night and smoked cigarettes. And How did you find them? Did you go to like a Craigslist, you know, oh back, my God. back in the day, you just find Craigslist things. And- All right. So how long are you with this guy and how long are you in the Atlantic theater conservatory? Um, I think it was a two and a half year program and I was with him for maybe three years. Really? And you never yeah. moved in with him? He did. Yeah, Uh-oh. we moved to the Upper West Side. So I had it what? in my head. I was going to go to the... Wait, is that where you live? Yes. And it's all Jews. Yeah. And I've okay. lived in the same apartment building since 1989. Okay. Whoa. Yep. In the same apartment, actually. You know where Heeman Place is? It's past um, Columbia University. Yes. Yes. All the way up. Yes. So I, we used to live... We lived, We moved in over there. Okay. And how long did you live together? For like a year, maybe. Who broke up with who? I sort of ended it. Yeah. See, uh, that uh, the fact that you like fall madly in love quickly and the fact that you're able to end it. Like, how did you like? Well, how did you end it? I think it was an age thing. I think it was I was I just felt too young. Like he was probably the best guy I've dated. Right. Still really good friends. Right a good person and funny and like creative. He's a documentary filmmaker. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, you know, I, is I he married he, now? 
He is, he is. He well, he got married, he got divorced, and now he's with someone. I don't know if they have Okay, and he's not good for you. I don't want him to <laughs> too many relationships. Um so was that hard for you? That's a big thing to break up and move. Did you move out? I moved out, yeah. I was I was going through a phase of just, you know, I was sort of a loose cannon, like doing right. whatever I wanted whenever I decided to do it. So, right. Um yeah. So I sort of, I moved out, but then we were kind of still seeing each other, but then I met some other boy and I was really into him. So. who And is that per, person still in your life as well? No. Okay, no. great. Okay. The last so, time I saw him, I was using his printer before I moved to LA. Uh, <laughs> I was like, can I use your printer? And I used his printer and then. And that was the end of that. Then, thanks. Thanks that a lot. It. And he was like, can you, can you do it? Can you hurry up? I've got work in the morning. And that was it. That was it. Okay. That's great. So, um, you, after, do you start auditioning? Do you have an agent? Like, how does this whole, I know that you had a terror, you say that you bombed in an audition for Parks and Rec, but they say you actually didn't bomb, but what's your life like now? You're going to this conservatory. Is it full time? Yeah, that was full time. And I loved it. I loved everything about it. I felt like I found my place. I found my people. I like love. I don't know. I loved the way they taught acting there because it wasn't super self-indulgent. It wasn't like all really, you know, animal stuff. It was like, it was just like, you know, David Mamet's school. So so you just say the words, just say the words, stand there and say the words and that's it, you know. So I kind of like my friend Karen Karen Kolhas taught there. She she was my teacher. Oh, she was. I love Karen. Oh my god. So Karen really was like obsessed with getting my voice lower. You know? Really? Yeah. She was. I'm gonna talk to do, her. She had me do Saint Joan. You know. Um, right. 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 Uh, like a man. She was like, just do the whole thing. No way. Did you do yeah. it? I did. And I was sobbing, like it got, you know, to my emotional center and I was right. like, sobbing and she was an amazing teacher and we still, you know, message back and forth once in a while. Oh my God. So I did 25 questions for a Jewish mother, which was my first off Broadway show. And she directed it. Ding dong. And oh we've been gosh. friends ever since. And we just did it at the cherry lane uh, in 2019. And she came back to direct it too. She's great. I love she's it. Am- she was one yeah. of my favorite all time teachers. I just she, and she's hilarious. She's hilarious. Yeah. She's yeah. just and and she had this sort of quiet way of teaching where you just lean in and you're right. like, going to say, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Oh, that's so cool. You tell her hi. I will. I'm going to she just texted me yesterday or the day before. Um can you audition while cuz a lot of places you can't audition while you're still at the conservatory. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't remember auditioning outside for anything. Right. Until I was done. Okay, so you're done. Do you get yeah. an agent? Are you still doing Prairie Home? What the fuck is going on? You've now gone from music school, then you move to New York and live with two Nazis. And <laughs> then you move in with your boyfriend. And now what's going on? Um, so I auditioned for a few things. I did some off, off Broadway theater. What'd you do? I did a show about the kidnapping of, um, what was her name? Who is that? Elizabeth Smart. Oh, right. Yeah. Did you play Elizabeth Smart? I did. Wow. Yeah. And that was, it was, did not get the best reviews. But did you do a lot of research on Elizabeth Smart? Yeah. At the time I did. Yeah. Yeah. And? I don't remember anything. Like, I just, I can't believe that fucking family because the father father called the fucking um, head of the Mormon church before he called the police. Whoa. Yes. Remember that. I'm telling you the like people who are so overly religious or mental. Okay. So, okay. You did that. You did the off Broadway thing. Did your parents come in and like, that's my daughter. She's playing a lit. My daughter's the lead. She's playing Elizabeth smart. But none of that. I don't think so. I think my aunt, my aunt came. I love your aunt. Do you feel like you're closer to your aunt than you are to your mother? No, but we have different relationships. All right. And then are you close with her daughter? Uh, my aunt, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Maya, she's really sweet. I Then I did, wait, this was before I actually did acting school was I did 200 um, 
performances of Ramona Quimby as, a, you know, the children theater. Oh, yeah. Theater. Yeah, so I did a children's theater tour for like a year before I did act, the acting conservatory. Okay. Um, and are people saying to you like, okay, so my entire career, you're too tall, you're too loud, you're too Jewish, you're too everything. Are they constantly on your case about your voice? Yes, I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, in acting school, in acting school, it was every, you know, they were right. like, the first thing, you know, I raised my voice, I raised my hand asking a question in my first day. And the teacher was like, okay, we got to do something about that voice. You know? <laughs> Has it yeah. always been like that through your childhood too? Or no, I mean, you know, because it worked on Prairie Home Companion. Right. Right. Oh, oh fuck people. I hate everyone. <laughs> okay. So, but it's also lowered. I mean, it used to be even worse, you know? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think acting school did help a little bit. Thanks so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with the adorable Erica Rhodes. Now, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of the incredible Brittany Joe Sowards. Please subscribe, leave a review, five stars, five stars, please. It helps more people find this amazing podcast. And I'm really proud of it. It's a labor of love. And I am so appreciative that you listen because I love doing it. It's not like I make a lot of money from this. Okay, let's let's start right there where I make no money. But I love it. I love it. And I love people's stories. And that's why I do it. So look, go subscribe and leave a review. And it better be positive. If you haven't purchased my book, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. You're in trouble, okay? Because it's ridiculous. You listen to my podcast and you didn't buy my book? Okay. So that's that. Um, I'm also, if you get Hulu, please watch Hysterical. It's a an incredible documentary. It came out a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think, about what it's like to be a woman in the stand-up comedy industry, a female comic. It's really great. And I'm so proud to be in it. Uh, and you'll recognize a lot of the people in there because they've been on my show here called Kill Me Now. So there you go. Go to my website, judygold.com. There's links for my book. There's information about me. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram for all upcoming virtual live. Hopefully I won't be doing a lot of virtual events because I can't fucking take it anymore. Even though I do like the not traveling, but uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, like Jew, because I'm a Jew, because I'm Jewish. Um, you know, I think you'll enjoy my inner thoughts that I share with everyone. And I can't thank you all enough for listening and supporting my podcast. We're almost at 300 episodes. I can't fucking believe it. And it's all because of you and me. And I and I just, I love you all. So wear a mask. It, not outside! <laughs> But just uh, get vaccinated. Seriously. I mean, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? And thank us again for listening. And as we always say, so long. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, it's Just Kill Me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. Now. No, Judy Gold's Just Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. Just Kill Me Now. <laughs>